gonna ask, are you guys ready? Yes. yes. Are you guys ready to lean into the patriotism? I am so America. Yes, I'm very America. I feel very America right I'm now. so fucking America. Well, in that case, would you all please join me in the singing of our national anthem? Hands over your hearts. My... Oh. <clears throat> Postmanada, <laughs> our <laughs> homely postal man. True Costner love in all of the wasteland. That was flat. A reluctant hero, we see your lies like President Starkey. From far and wide, post Manada, we deliver mail for thee. Costner, keep my wife. Pray. <laughs> Pregnant and pleased. Costner has said, build a statue for me. Postmanita, we build a statue for thee. Woo! Stars! <laughs> Almost. Greg, you just did the whole episode. Like, this end. is going to be like three minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Discussion over. Like, what could be said that wasn't summed up by that performative art piece? Thanks, everyone, for coming, and good night. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to, you know, bring out the patriotism. You know, it's 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 a patriotic weekend. It's our Independence Day weekend, so the singing of Post Manada is only traditional. It's proper. It's, it's yes. what must be done. It's what... It reminds me of a nation I'd like to live in. <laughs> <laughs> sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Denny's talking about Canada or the land of the postman? Let us know in the comments. By the end of this three-hour diatribe, I'm sure you'll have a very clear idea of what the answer was. Yeah. And if it's not, yeah. And it's not Canada. All right. Um, <laughs> welcome back, everybody, to Movies for Win. I'm Gerber, Microsoft Johnson & Johnson, here with my co-host, Denny's Chrysler TaylorMade. And we have our guest host, our producer, Samsung Chevron TaylorMade. <laughs> how is everybody uh, i feel uh underdressed and unprepared with all of these like just absolute kill shot bits you've had loaded in the chamber <laughs> i'm very here for it those are the two main ones so yeah. now for the rest of the episode we have to talk about uh the postman yeah, because naturally, Yay! when you're talking about American independence, American patriotism, we have to talk about. Well, we already did Independence Day during our mm -hmm. Chef Goldblum episode, so we have to talk about the next most patriotic thing you've ever seen in your life: The Postman from 1997, starring and directed by Kevin Costner, who we love. Whom we, we do love, love Kevin Costner. Not as much as he does. So <laughs> very true. I don't think anyone could, honestly. His daughter, he, loves he wishes. Like Kanye loves Kanye. Uh yeah. Oh my god, dude. All right. Um before we get further into the festivities and the fireworks, uh what else did you guys both as a couple watch this week besides um well, I assume you didn't have time to watch anything with a three-hour movie, but uh, did you try to watch anything else besides The Postman? We actually did, yeah. yeah. We've, oh. we've had some uh, a few interesting watches this week. Um, we watched, well, since you guys filmed the pod, we watched 
the black phone. The, yeah, thank you. I was like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we went to see the black phone last mm-hmm. Friday. For um, some reason, I was going to say black mailbox, but it's uh, probably got, something else on my mind. Yeah, it's you've crazy. got mail brain right now. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to know what the mail brain was. <laughs> oh, postman on the mail. I expected it to be hornier than this <laughs> and with a lot less envelopes. Yeah, well, uh, the postman sure worked. But still, um, Ethan Hawke. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, it was it was all right. It wasn't, you know, yeah. like, there was a lot of violence against children. Um, so if that's not your thing, maybe don't go see it. Um, <laughs> I watched Ensemble twice, so you know I'm on board. <laughs> You're good. Um, um, what did you think of our friend I, the Grabber? I thought... The cool... Sorry, is that for me or Vanessa? Either one. Dealer's choice. Like, just the best named I villain thought, in a movie ever. <laughs> the Grabber. Uh, yeah. Grabber? I hardly know her. Um, I honestly, I thought what I, about him, I thought what I thought about the whole movie, which was like, there were some like kind of cool parts and some like actually really good moments, but in general it kind of sucked. And I would say that about the character and the movie. See, I I feel like they were kind of trying to do, sorry, are we just going to spoil this movie for people? Uh, Um, I haven't seen it, but I don't. Oh, no, then no. Never mind. Yeah, it was. Wow, I'm really glad I asked because <laughs> I hate spoiling things for people. Hello. So it's me. I'm glad that I didn't do that. Do you, do you have a non-spoiler thought? Um, I was just thinking that it. I, I don't know if this is a. <laughs> Greg, plug your ears. Everyone else as well. I have to edit this kidding. tomorrow. Um, what do you think non-spoiler means? No, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler. Anyway, it had a feeling of kind of like The Shining, where like there was a lot of world building that didn't make sense, but to everyone else, it was like, like I was like, wait, what? what you just threw that in there that's like a really big thing and we're all just like yeah people can do that in this universe um oh okay um, i know exactly what she's talking about yeah. and i i agree yeah it's it's not like a catastrophe you know like yeah. it's not like a absolute shit show but um i i wouldn't wait in line for it and i could have lived without it and mm-hmm. there were more interesting things than what they showed us yeah um that I like, kind of wanted to know more about that they didn't tell us in the the actual story of the movie. That I was like, I think we're not watching the most interesting thing that <laughs> might be going on in yeah. this film. That's so. that's got to be I, frustrating. <laughs> I definitely walked out of the theater not feeling glad that I watched it. And I've like, there's been tons of like mediocre movies that I've mm-hmm. been like, hey, you know what? I like going to the movies. That wasn't really that great, but this was a pretty cool time. I'd do it again. You know, like and. This was like, uh, I think like we maybe should have stayed home and watched TV tonight, <laughs> you know, yeah. like and yeah, yeah. And Critiker thought I was going to give it a forty-two. I don't know what that says about oh my, my taste God. or my algorithm, but like, holy fucking shit! Um, I'm going. I don't to... know if it's ever been more off. <laughs> I see you. I, mean, I also think this movie thought it was going to be better. Like, I mean, may, maybe every movie thinks it's going to be better than it actually is, <laughs> but like, um, unless it yeah. is, you know, everything everywhere all at once. But, um. Yeah, I, I don't know, it just, it it definitely seemed like it was going for that, like, critically acclaimed, cool, spoopy horror movie that's not always like you think it is, um, but then it just kind of fell flat. It was like, meh, I've seen similar things to this before, you didn't really do anything that new or extraordinary, yeah. and there was a lot of violence against children, and that can be difficult to watch. So. Yeah, bad, very bad. It's... It was Bloomhouse doing a Kevin Costner. You know how they're like <laughs> so desperate to make like a Bloomhouse film mm. a thing right now and they just keep 
pumping out stuff constantly that's like all over the place some of it's fantastic some of it's horrible most of it's forgettable you know mm-hmm. like they're just they're so desperate to make Bloomhouse a thing and I, it, I mean it is a thing but not like yeah. a cool one Danny, which, um, um, did we all watch anything else cool? oh, oh sorry yeah. go ahead Greg which, um, which Hellraiser in sequence is Hellraiser Inferno I believe four okay because that was the same director that's oh. he also did Doctor Strange what a what a wide uh, array of yeah, yeah. okay yeah it, honestly anything past hellraiser 3 tracks with making a shitty movie um <laughs> i'm not sure if inferno's 4 or not they're indecipherable at a certain point but um we also watched um last night we watched a special on peacock uh called oh. would it kill you to laugh yeah with, uh, two notable actors from i think you should leave yeah. it's like a I don't know. If, I don't. I don't even know how long it was. Like it was like fifty something minutes, fifty five, fifty three yeah. minutes, something like that. Slightly less than an hour. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It yeah, was it was not... like sketch comedy with yeah. a loose theme. Um, and it was it was fun. We had a good yeah. time watching it. I feel like it was. It's not something that I think we'll probably watch that many times over again. But I could see us going back to it. Oh, for sure. It's some bits landed more than others, but yeah. there wasn't much like flatness, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And we also just started Love, Death, and Robots earlier this evening, nice. and so far I am enamored with it. I yeah. think Vanessa had already seen all the episodes. No, we no, I hadn't. Okay. I actually started because they're all like, not none, or at least as far as I understand, none of them are connected. So I just kind of yeah. like tried out one that I thought looked interesting, but also wasn't too. I don't know, like. I was like, I don't know that Denny's going to be... Not not that you weren't interested, but I was like, if I see this again, I don't think I'll be mad. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to watch through everything. So I just kind of scrolled down, picked a random episode, and tried it out. So Cool. So yeah. you hadn't Pretty seen cool. any of that show before? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Damn, we, I thought we were re-watching. I thought you were showing me stuff. No. Oh, cool. No, no. I, I was watching those right along with you. Nice. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd watch that, and... Uh, we were watching season three and there's like, you know, there's hits and misses in this show, but there's like one particular mm-hmm. episode in season three where I'm just like, this is the best one of the whole series. Shit. Wow. I'm excited. We'll talk about it uh, whenever you guys it's, get to it's it. It's the same people who did, um, or it's like the same, uh, not people, but like group-ish who did uh, Black Mirror, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I actually don't know about that. I hadn't... Okay. Uh, it has a feel similar to Black Mirror, and maybe I, I don't know why. Yeah. And but. looking it up now, the season three, episode two, was directed by David Fincher, so that's oh, shit. news to me. That was a pretty good one, but season three, episode three, is the best one. All right, uh, anything else you guys had? Uh, no, I think that's it. Um, what about you, man? Well, we watched in in one day we watched the whole series of uh the woman across the street from the girl in the window which i had to make sure oh, i wrote yeah. down oh my gosh Shit. we we got one episode in and, and i forgot, it about and forgot about it yeah <laughs> it's good i i liked it i thought it was like i don't know i i guess i'll wait for you guys to see but i don't feel like the show's quite landing on or deciding to commit like yeah exactly who it was what it was Mm. really about like it it seems like a satire or like a dark comedy of like the you know unreliable narrator like girl on the train or like gone girl i I think it's supposed to be like a satire of those types of things yeah there there's moments where i'm laughing out loud at it for sure but Mm -hmm. there's other times where i'm just like you know it seems a little heavy-handed for me to be (laughs) 
having a good time. But it was overall yeah. enjoyable. Cool, um, nice. The only other thing I watched, uh, the hockey season is over. The Stanley Cup has been won. And yeah, I got the to- Avalanche, they swept it away with their snow. Way to go. They, they snow. snow shoveled the lightning, I guess. No, they 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 bowled them over and buried them with their snow because of an avalanche. You don't, yeah, they couldn't dig themselves out of that one. There you go, <laughs> you got to Vanessa it. Vanessa with the hot sports <laughs> takes. Uh, <laughs> I'm really good at talking about sports, guys. Don't worry about it. Simply the best. Yeah, it's it's my favorite thing that happens once a year is when the team wins the Stanley Cup. Either they like score the winning goal or like time runs out, whatever. And everybody throws all their shit into the air, like all their gloves, sticks, helmets, everything. Like they graduated. Yeah, exactly. It's my favorite event of the year, and I got to see it, and it was great. Awesome, awesome man. I love Rock that. on. And then there was a ESPN documentary about like an old hockey rivalry. Um, it's an unrivaled. Was and it's it America the... and the Russians? <laughs> That's why they called it the Cold War because it took place on, it was a, on hockey a hockey rink. rink. Oh no! It was the Detroit Red Wings and Colorado Avalanche, ah. mid to late '90s through early 2000s. It's an, it's a story and rivalry that I think is like the best ever in organized sports. But then, like a kind of an okay documentary. They did a little bit too much of the like. Well, before we get there, we got to go back and establish this other thing. They did that like mm-hmm. a bunch of times in a row. It's just kind of like maybe you should have started Your back that there. Convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> before introducing the next thing, you should cover the thing that you want to cover. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Minor criticism. We have this cool thing called chronological order, but you know what? Whatever. To each their own. Yeah. yeah. Let's. Before we get into the Western Conference Finals in 1997, we got to tell you who Brendan Lemieux was friends with in 1992. Um, <laughs> and it will never come back again. We just wanted to talk about. Oh no, it's important. <laughs> just, he's on I the know. other team now, but they could have said it 30 minutes ago. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all I had, guys. I think the time's come. Are we ready? Yes. To take a, a milestone moment. a plunge into a roaring river and then get yeah. shot at a bunch of times it, from people that we gotta step aim. off that bridge yeah you gotta step through the hole in that shrek bridge and you know just swim along in the river yeah yeah i just don't want to be the guy that dies for y'all's freedom while you do that is that okay yeah that's fine okay cool can i be the horse you wait no no you don't want to be Not the, the mule. mule i want to be the lion yeah. i want to yeah. be the lion mm. <laughs> Remember there was a lion in this movie? That's fucking funny. Yeah. No, there I were didn't two, until though. we watched it. Like, there was a lion at the beginning. And then there was a lion, like, in, in that scene, too. And we're, it was not in the same area. Very, very we'll n- unpack all of these interesting anomalies. <laughs> very Neil Brinkfield. Yeah. Um, yes. Let's, let's get started here. So, Denny, Vanessa, explain how you guys came upon the postman in in your lives well oh i thought you meant on our wedding night um but um those are two very different stories um i feel like i don't know should i give mine first yeah you you go ahead Mm -hmm. so um we were gonna uh babysit for the ferguson cj and alex one night um and it was when uh their their oldest daughter was pretty young so they were like honestly she'll be asleep when y'all get here we just all you need to do is like hang out at the house so bring a movie or something um so we're at movie trading co before 
And I'm like, uh, I'm half listening because Movie Trading Co. is a very exciting place for me. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa's explaining this movie called The Postman. And like the words I hear are like post-apocalyptic, 90s, postman. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, uh, I'm expecting it to be um, like special delivery motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, like a, a very like... Arnold Schwarzenegger type like sci-fi action movie um, so I'm just like oh cool yeah let's grab that one we go there and there's like 50 minutes of the movie that go by and I it just slowly dawns on me when he finds a mail truck in the woods that the postman was not like figurative and that I'm in the middle of watching a movie about delivering the mail <laughs> And I just wish mm. I could give other people that, like, mm. strange moment of, like, not really knowing what the movie was. Because it starts for, like, literally 50 minutes. It's just, like, a, a, a kind of shitty Mad Max apocalypse world, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and there's no mention of mail. Like, none whatsoever. None at all. And then I finally see a USPS truck, and I'm just like, oh, my God. That's the appropriate uh, response, Yeah. Yeah, and so then uh, I believe we watched it with you shortly after that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I've brought it uh, multiple years to uh, Sean Hagen's parents' lake house uh, on the 4th of July celebration, pitching it, and no one has ever taken me up on it. Mm-hmm. And finally this week, uh, friends of the show, Troy and Ariel Stewart, came over and watched it with us. Um, <laughs> Vanessa... What's your relationship with the film? Because it was yeah. So you you talked about this uh, last week on the pod. Um, so but uh, yeah, I so when I was growing up, we didn't really have um, anything. But well, before we moved to Thailand, we didn't have cable um, or anything like that until like right before we left for Thailand, when my mom got a computer from her work. Uh, please stop moving. Uh, thank you. Um, but the. Um, so my grandma was very sweet and kind and she would just tape random stuff for us and she would send it from Alaska to our family. Hmm. Um, and she would, you know, this, I think it was from her. She did do that with a lot of cartoons. We have just, you know, hours of Disney like channel shows on TV, um, you know, that she just sent us that were great. And that was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I also think that she might've gotten this one from my parents. So it's just made for TV, or not made for TV, but it's filmed off of, you know, a tiny little TV set in Mm -hmm. 1998 or something like that. It was fast-forwarded through the commercials, so we didn't have to sit through those, so that was nice. That was courteous. Yeah, that was very courteous. That's that's why I think that it was probably my grandma and not us, because we definitely did not waste the time to (laughs) fast-forward through commercials, because we didn't have time for that stuff. We would just fast-forward on the other end. Um, but no, but she, she would do that stuff that she would pause and then play because she's, she was a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was one of the few VHSs that we had, uh, growing up of like, not just Disney stuff or, uh, you know, like we had a few random things, but for some reason we went back to the postman fairly often. As we all I do. wouldn't say it was like always on, but I've definitely... It, it was not like a one and done in my family. It was like uh, it Only was family on earth. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was a uh, you know mul- multiple times. Uh, not on the Fourth of July. It was just kind of like a movie that was on often. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But I I definitely remember watching it many times as a child. Um, yeah. 
And this is why when Vanessa says her love for the movie is not unironic, I challenge that because you seem to have honestly up until very recently a very sincere love for this movie. So, so this is my thing. I'm like I when there are some people like friend of the show, Scott Haley, who thinks this is a good movie. He likes it for what it is. And I love it for what it is, but I also know what it is, is what oh, I would okay. say. Like, I, I'm like, I, I, I know what I'm getting into, and I'm here for the hashtag I love America. <laughs> Very America, thank you, sir. Um, that is what I'm really here for, and just, yeah, it's, it is not a good movie whatsoever, but by God, do you not feel patriotic while you're watching it. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, Greg, what's your relationship with the movie? Uh, I'm sorry for challenging Vanessa. I shouldn't okay. have done that. By all that means, I think we should. Uh, <laughs> more often. Like, <laughs> you you mentioned it already that one of the times you, you know, got the movie and we watched it together. That was my first time watching it or ever even hearing about it. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because I feel like a lot of people... So, yeah, this is my second time watching this movie. Uh, that's it. Very short history. And mm-hmm. I'll just say, like, there were a lot of comments on your post about it of people just saying, like, I will defend this movie to my dying breath. Uh, I can't believe you guys are covering this garbage. Wow. Whoever liked this movie. I remember this movie. It's like, it feels like everybody has seen it, but maybe it's kind of like an avatar effect where, like, everybody's seen it, but nobody talks about it, it has zero cultural impact <laughs> yes but it did For, it, it, it tried hard. so hard it tried so hard to have a cultural impact oh yeah that's perfect synopsis of the movie it tries so <laughs> damn hard yeah, yeah. I, I feel like vanessa should give us a plot synopsis she oh knows man it best. do you have an hour and <clears throat> Two hours and 57 minutes. She real has quick. this movie practically memorized, I realized, on, on the most uh, recent watch. So, so we have the, the postman. So, this is the, you know, the, the really rough, edgy time of post apocalyptic America mm-hmm. circa 2013. We start out in the Great Lakes of Utah, um, where we see a 76 gas station with seesaws outside, and our wanderer, who has no name and never has a name, who has a donkey named Bill, or sorry, a mule named Bill, just steps into frame in his post-apocalyptic cool sunglasses and shabby garb. Um, he goes there. We, we start hearing all of this stuff. There's been wars. Sounds like probably some nuclear fallout and stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're, it, it was actually very confusing. At the beginning, you have to really listen closely, and they're all talking over each other, but it's like clips of news you're kind of getting a little bit of expositional dialogue that way. It's However, not the kind of the thing you pick up the first ten watches. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to really have a deep cut like me to really understand what's going on. I did have to explain to Troy and Ariel and Denny a couple times. Uh, and Denny's seen this, This, mind you. This is his third watch through. It might be my um, fourth, honestly. It, it might be. Like, um, no, we definitely showed it to someone else. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Um, but, it, yeah, we, we, we have showed it to other people. Um, so... Anyway, so the the wanderer man, Kevin Costner, uh, Kevo is, you know, wandering around with his mule bill, and he's trying to gather things. He, he lays in front of a non-working TV, and we just hear sounds of baseball or something, some, some random sport, um, you know, like the good old days. And then he is a traveling artist uh, who recites Shakespeare in towns 
that are just desolate. So there's these weird diasporatic towns that don't really seem to flow or function together. Um, they're all kind of these, like, weird medieval, like, oh, it's, like, it's market day. Yay, everyone's come. And look, the traveling man with the mule is here to tell us about Shakespeare in the ye olden days. And so he does some, you know, King Lear or something like that. Maybe Macbeth. I don't really know. Um, I'm not cultured, clearly. Um, so... <laughs> You're not as, you know, culturally rich Cultured as, as he is. Kevin yeah. Costner. Absolutely. You have a very copy seller attitude about literature, you know? Yeah. Someone yeah. who sells copiers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so so he's you know, he's doing a play, and then in come our baddies, the wholeness army, led by General Bethlehem, his goddamn self, the only person who went one hundred and fifty when the movie asked for 20%. Um, <laughs> and boy, did he deliver. So here's, you know, uh, Will Paxton? Bill Paxton? Will, Will Patton. Will Patton. Will Patton. Whoever. General Patton. Everybody's, General Bill Patton. Everybody's um, favorite assistant coach in Remember the Titans. Yeah, he uh, which here. he gives a great speech there. The man delivers in everything I've ever seen him, I I, I will say. Like, when he when he gets a role, he commits to it, and he does well. Um so anyway, he is our, he's, he's, uh, you know, General Bethlehem. It's this weird, like, as we learn more and more about this army, so they're coming to, to uh, you know, they don't have enough food. They, I guess, give tribute to this army um, who roams around and, uh, you know, takes things from people and gets grain and stuff. And then they also take some of the men, but they don't take um, any of the racially impure ones because apparently they're also white supremacists. Um, so, but, like, not at the same time, because he definitely takes a mixed person, um, and everyone in the army is like, but he's mixed, man, and he's like, I said he's pure, because he's big. Um, and so, they, you know, and then they spot the postman, because some, some kid is waving to him, the post, or, he's not the postman yet, our wanderer, Kevo, um, they spot him, and his, and his mule, and, you know, they're, he's, he's trying to sneak off because he's not part of this town, and he, he just wants to be left alone to mumble Shakespeare to himself in his sleep, and to live with his mule bill. Alas, that does not happen, and Bethlehem comes and gets him, and they bring him to this quarry where all of them live, even though they're all in the Pacific Northwest, and there is much better places, because although we are taught that this place is a barren wasteland, Later on in the film, we find out that there are quite nice forests and waterfalls. It's like, it seems just like Oregon and Washington. Like, nothing really yeah. bad has happened, except they don't have as many roads anymore. Um, and there are fully developed neighborhoods yeah. with, like, electricity and yeah, stuff. Exactly, like. yeah. They're, like, off-grid, but they still got electricity. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, um, he goes into the army. Uh, bad things happen. They tell us it's it's the, the army of eight... Um, you know, he's, he gets picked on for some reason because he's just so, so virile or something. He's just the, the epitome of manliness, but he won't fight. And he isn't a pacifist, but he's not going to fight. And they're like, we don't like that. We want you to fight. And so they try to antagonize him a bunch. And there's all this running and rules and things like that. And, you know, General Bethlehem is just killing people to kill them because I think he just likes it and to intimidate everyone and um, things th things like that. Nobody's eating. And then when they do eat, spoiler alert for all you animal lovers, they kill Bill. And they eat him. Volume one. So for you Tarantino lovers. <laughs> and for the Tarantino Tarantino lovers as well. Um, 
so they, you know, that, that upsets, that upsets our wanderer for a while. Um, and he's trying to leave. He's trying to figure out how to go. Um, also, they have this weird love of The Sound of Music at this quarry. That's just their favorite film to watch. I forgot about that shit. Um, So, you know, it's their, they, they're going along. Um, and then General Bethlehem, for some reason, I can't really remember why he picks out Kevin Costner. Just again, because of his sheer manliness. It probably is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he brings him to his office and uh, they talk about Shakespeare and... Uh, you know, General Bethlehem tells him how he got to be the person that he is, um, and it's a, a quite a good speech, and uh, think things ensue, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, he leaves, the, the, the wanderer leaves, he goes to try to, you know, escape, and he does escape, and more stuff happens, he goes to ki- kill a lion, because apparently there was a zoo around there, and they're trying to get meat, and then he jumps into the river, and people follow him, and there's a lot of shooting, and... Uh, he, he manages to get away, he does have to kill someone, it's, it's a whole thing, um, and then he, he finds a, a post truck, uh, a USPS mobile, um, and he hides in there for a while, there's a bad rainstorm, um, then he decides that he's going to apparently put on the, the dead body's outfit, uh, the the more I'm talking about this, I am just in the first like 45 minutes yeah, of was, this movie. Yeah, I haven't like, even got. I told you she has this memorized. <laughs> so like, <laughs> anyway, he grabs the mail. He goes to different towns. He's trying to be like, oh, I'm a mailman uh, or I'm a postman. Um, so he he fi- finds this town that looks pretty much like Denton, kind of, except in the northwest. <laughs> um, it's pretty chill, honestly. It doesn't seem that bad. Um, and for some reason, everyone wants to fuck him. Um, they're really into him. Um, they would like his seed, um, his not superior sperm, his superior sperm, mm-hmm. because we all know what happens when you intermingle for too long. Um, you know, well, I really, it's probably only like 10 years. Their, their genetic pool's not that bad at that point. Um, but it could, it, it, we know what could happen. So anyway, they really, they really want him. So people are trying to jump his bones left and right. Um, and he gets called out by the sheriff of the town who thinks he's a fraud um, he says, no, I'm not. I'm here as a representative of the reformed U.S. government. Um, there's a president in Minis- Minneapolis, yes. I think, Minnesota. Um, so, because apparently Washington was destroyed or something. Um, and so there, you know, he's, he's getting people and he dubs one of the guys uh, who has the best name in all the movie, Ford Lincoln Mercury. Um, he, he wanted to be a car salesman, apparently, or just, like, really liked cars. There are no cars anymore. Um, and so then he gets really, really on about being a postman, and so he pro- he makes, you know, Kevo de- dub him or knight him as a postman. Oh, I really wish that he had used a piece of mail to knight him. That would have been so <laughs> much better. Anyway, he, he doesn't do that. Sorry, audience. Um, so yeah, so he, he goes, and then Kevin Costner just kind of leaves. Um, he, he's going around to different towns, and uh, he comes back later. There's there's some other shenanigans that happen, and they find out that Ford Lincoln Mercury has then um, also knighted thousands of children from surrounding town. Maybe not thousands. Uh, a handful of children from surrounding towns. It's <laughs> a big and- display. <laughs> or like, I don't know, 10, 10 or 12. 10 or 12. <laughs> Maybe thousands. Um, it felt like thousands. There were a lot of people on a lot of horses. Um, so they all become postmen, and they're going around to these small towns and delivering mail to each other. Um, and as they, you know, go along, then General Bethlehem finds out that there's a postman, uh, 
and that these people are doing a thing and he's really weirded out by it. He's like, what? There is no, there is no U.S. government refunded. Uh, you guys are doing a weird thing and I'm going to squash it. So he tries to squash the beef uh, with the postman. And uh, I'm pretty sure the postman is like hiding out in a cabin at this point. It gets a little bit muddled as to what is all going on because this movie is quite long. Um, but there's, yeah, so he's, he's hiding out in a cabin with Abby, the girl who wanted to jump his bones. Um, it's a whole thing. And, uh, then he comes back and they, you know, he, he realizes that all of this has been going on, that there are, you know, now hundreds of postmen, and I'm not being hyperbolic now, there are actually hundreds of postmen that have been trained all along all of these small towns, um, and are riding routes and things like that, that General Bethlehem did not actually squash what is, you know, just people really, really excited about hearing from their loved ones and getting junk mail. Um, you know, they're, they're going along doing those things. And so then, uh, more and more people start coming. Uh, we find out that Ford Lincoln Mercury has been forging letters from the president and from the postman to encourage people. And he's just making stuff up. Um, and then the postman gets really indignant about that. Although he himself was just making shit up. So, um, more shenanigans ensue. Uh, Bethlehem gets more and more angry and he just starts killing everyone. Um, he starts murdering postmen left and right. He goes postal on the postman, actually. Um, and then he also starts killing the townspeople. It's a whole thing. Everyone is now ignited against Bethlehem. His reign of terror is not working anymore. It's igniting a fire. Um, and then more and more people. We find someone who is from California as well. Um, people who don't know each other. It's this whole underground movement that's happening. Um, so he... It's kind of going, he, uh, Bethlehem, then, um, they capture Ford Lincoln Mercury at one point, and that's when they find out that he's the second in command, um, and so they are trying to get the postman to come out of, uh, hiding and lure him to get Ford Lincoln Mercury back, uh, the postman goes to this, um, like, dam city, city on a dam, and meets Tom Petty, played by Tom Petty, starring as Tom Petty. Um, it's, you know, that it just, it's a whole thing. And then he flies on a, uh, cable box, um, cart thing in the air and goes to more and more towns and they show up and have a giant battle where they tussle on the ground. He and, uh, he and, or the postman and General Bethlehem, because the postman is part of the the wholeness army and so he has the right to challenge for one-on-one -on -one combat for the wholeness army and he does that and everyone is shocked because they're like oh my god we thought he was an american turns out he's actually a fascist and then he wins they tussle tussle it's a whole thing and then they say there will be no more killing we're gonna remake america great again oh my god the end it's so bad it's one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen. And that's the movie. Cheers. Vanessa, fantastic beat-by-beat -beat synopsis. <laughs> Thank um, you. And I, I left stuff out. That's the thing. I left out whole giant segments of this movie in that synopsis. And this is why it's hard. I, I get confused about you liking this ironically. No, I'm Be saying <laughs> I know what this is. And it's a hot pile of garbage. And yet I also have some sentimentality with it. Fair. I do not fair. think it's good. I know that it's bad. And yet there is still some love for this heaping trash pile that someone... 
I mean, just imagine how much of this is on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Give me the five-hour cut of this film. The I third wanna... act of it is on the cutting room floor. They just put Kevin Costner on a zip line instead right. of like they're like, oh my god, we can't, we just he, can't he make him go stop. to all these towns. You know, like we just need to like put him on a fucking green screen and describe him. No, he him. did his own stunts with that. He's hanging from a helicopter in those scenes. Jesus Christ! Yeah. He thinks he's Tom Cruise. He thinks he's Tom I guess. Cruise. Why would they do that from a helicopter? I don't know. Why? To simulate so that he Red. could get the real feel of air in his hair. <laughs> what little Jesus he had left. Christ. He grew it out, man. They gave Kevin Costner $80 million and this is what he did with it. Yeah. No, he he, he clearly spent it. Yeah. Like, no, yes, yeah. he did, indeed. <laughs> man. But that's not... <laughs> That's not enough. You have to spend it on things that make a coherent movie. You can't just spend the movie's budget and think it's going to turn out good. That's the thing. Is like, it has to be coherent, man. And like Vanessa's talking about, like the first forty or fifty minutes of the movie. That part's actually kind of a cool movie. Or right? Like, yeah, it's not bad. It has it's not bad. promise. Where it's just like. A guy gets accidentally caught up in a post-apocalyptic world. He gets like accidentally caught up in a town with like a, a, you know, a fascist army of like we're the new world and join us or die. Basically, he's like, no, nope, I'm not part of this. And they're like, yes, you are. And he yeah, has to like escape now. using his wits. You're like, okay, this could be kind of interesting. He's got like mm-hmm. motive against them. They killed his mule, which is his only friend. Yep. And then. A bunch of other silly shit happens, and then he finds a post truck, and the movie takes a drastic turn in the negatives. It's like an AI generated the rest of the movie after he gets out of the cult, except the AI mistook the post in post-apocalyptic for mm-hmm. uh, the postal service. Yeah, or a marketing executive was like, oh, well, I guess it was 97. The postal service wasn't a band yet, I guess. I'm sure they'd at least jammed a little i don't know what death cap was up to but yeah it's just like yeah it it does feel like an ai was like post apocalyptic post what else can i do with that said the robot (laughs) make the whole plot about this kind of and then drop it you should have seen the first three drafts of the script were about a fence post and it was even less engaging (laughs) (laughs) derivative offenses yeah um man ah that's that's what's crazy it's just like 45 minutes into it you don't realize you're about to start the movie yeah Yeah. (laughs) like (laughs) we were watching it with troy and ariel and they kept being like and he hasn't even started delivering mail yet you know like and we paused the time code it's like at 50 fucking minutes like in my head it was like the first 20 or 30 minutes that we're in this like other movie and it's not it's like it's almost the full length of a movie that yeah. they're in this, and they yeah. like the end, also the end of time, a second act in another film. We've started yeah. the character development. Yeah, yep. yeah, and they like set up all this stuff that doesn't matter, like this race war that you know, like never gets mentioned again. Yeah, like, yeah, all these like difficulties with drinking rainwater. You know, like there's just like that the, these prisoners like will riot if you don't play Sound of Music. That they never, love Sound of Music. We just never see him again. Yeah. It's, it's like a it's a gag, I guess. It's just 
Yeah, like, especially... What the they also kill, like, two-thirds of the characters we know in the act break. It's like, <laughs> all these guys that we started getting invested in are out. Yeah. <laughs> that guy from Friends, that guy from The Wire, they're all dead now. It's just like, okay. <laughs> in the same scene, too. Yeah. It's just like... I don't know. It feels like, especially with the racial thing, you're just like, oh, we're trying to, like, build on some themes here. And it's just like, no... Maybe we just had an idea and we just felt like mentioning it, but not really expanding upon that. <laughs> like just Well, and for, it, like, the two-thirds of the movies, there's, like, like a, a black dude, like, openly out, like, hanging out with the with the clan, like, mm -hmm. and they don't just be like, you're black, now it's time to murder you, which is what they set up in the, like, mm -hmm. in the beginning, right? Like, it's, yep. it's, like, it's just all fine. It just all goes away. There's, like very little to no racial tension for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's so weird. Well, it's like they, like, make mention of it at one point when, like, the Wholeness Army comes to Pineview, which is our town in Oregon, um, that, where, where the postman makes his, you know, strikes gold, where he actually finds someone. So when, when he, this is what I left out, when he goes to that town, he's, you know, posing as the postman, and the the people at the gate are like, fuck you, absolutely not, we're not letting drifters into our town, and he's like, no, no, I, I promise, I have a letter for someone here, and he's like, reading names off of letters, I don't know why he wasn't looking at the actual postcodes, because it would have said who was in that town or not, um, he's just picking up letters at random, and he finally finds someone who happens to live in Pineview, because guess what, the address says Pineview, ah. and they're like, oh my gosh, it's our old blind woman Mrs. who March. lives in town. Mrs. March. Yeah. Um, I have a note about her. Continue. The entire town comes out and is like, oh my gosh, it's real. Uh, yeah. They and were dumb. They were they dumb. Were they dumb. were Level five They were very dumb villagers. <laughs> yep. Dude, um, I, I love our blind lady, Mrs. March. Uh, so she gets the mail. It's from her sister, uh, like a, a letter sent before first of all they say like the war and then they talk about a plague and then they talk about this and then that and then the other it's just like I'm not really sure what happened to collapse America but it, I don't know More and it's like only it over like 15 years yeah like 15 years ago <laughs> we're already yeah. at this point but yeah Miss, <laughs> yep. Mrs. March gets a letter from her sister like I thought she was dead and then, you know, the town all parties because the government's been reestablished. And Mrs. Mm -hmm. March hands our postman another letter to <laughs> say, no like, <laughs> like, hey, take this letter in return to my sister or, like, my other sister in this town. No, it was her daughter, her other daughter. Oh, her daughter, yes. Pine, yeah, who left Pineview, like, four years ago. And he is like, where does it go? And they're like, we're not sure. We don't know where she but went. this is her name. This, you gotta find her. This is something I want somebody that's like good at video editing to do, but the blind lady hands Kevin Costner an envelope and says like, "Here, I wrote this letter." I really was hoping that he would like he turns the envelope over and it's just a bunch of scribbles on the front. <laughs> <laughs> just don't make. She tried really her best hoping. to remember what letters were like. Ah, uh, someone helped her write it. Dang it. Okay, <laughs> this could have been very funny. Yeah, it's probably her daughter, the one who stayed around, her mm -hmm. favorite child. But the movie's not ableist, so I don't get to laugh. I mean, it's a little ableist. Let's, yeah. let's not. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. Go I mean, as it far was our like, yeah, ableist. no, the the person who like points out the, 
who who points out the wanderers the wholeness army is a, a person with down syndrome yes they uh, are so like it, it, the movie's pretty fucking ableist and they're like oh he it's can't like, understand because he's you know why? got down syndrome <laughs> i'm like, sure kevin coster in the you know screenwriting room was just like it's because well then this guy points my character out because he's <laughs> yeah it's like mm-hmm. oh okay buddy <laughs> yep yep i promise you that's what happened oh 100 yeah. percent. Oh, it was what 95 no yeah mind. absolutely oh, man. Ugh, yep so no, this 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 movie's ableist as hell oh okay ah uh, this i want to talk about the inconsistent tone a little bit because <laughs> a, a little bit <laughs> It's a great opener to a massive can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) But go on. Let's just touch on this minor thing, which is this doesn't make fucking sense. Um, It seems like when Kevin Costner is off screen, this is a very, very serious drama that we're supposed to take very seriously. Mm -hmm. And when he's on screen, it feels so damn silly sometimes. It's like he's trying to simultaneously be the most serious character and also the comic relief yeah he's yes. just such a weird character and then like the scenes where he's not involved in the scene whatsoever like when his uh now pregnant girlfriend slash this dude's wife like her husband gets killed in front of her and it's like this mm-hmm. i'm engaged with that scene a lot yeah. it's very well acted very well made and then like yeah cut to kevin costner a few minutes later being like man you guys are real weirdos just, <laughs> oh my god you're really weird you know that you know that oh my god i was, yeah, you were, i think we're saving that line for something but yeah <laughs> <laughs> by the way he impregnates abby and i swear to god he fell asleep during sex <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, she definitely is, like, wide awake on top of him. And he's, like... And he's, like, definitely dead asleep. Yeah. It does not look like she got back on top of him later to investigate his face. It it was... Like... (laughs) Sex was continuing, and he was not in... He was no longer involved. (laughs) That was used as a funny gag in, uh, uh... The five-year engagement by Jason Siegel, but in this movie, I think it was meant to show us how much women crave Kevin Costner's dick. Uh, like, yeah, like, dude. Well, his character between, like you said, like trying to split the the most serious and the comedic relief, it made him just come across as very disinterested in everything that was going yeah. on. Yeah, like he seemed like he didn't care if any of this got accomplished he didn't care if he deceived anyone he didn't care like he just seemed bored like yeah. he seemed bored with all the villagers the entire like, time yeah. not even but be- like even before that when he goes to the do you guys remember the shakespeare off yeah at, like yeah. the wholeness oh, army he doesn't God. even fucking try he doesn't try bethlehem like, shows him up bethlehem is killing it cry havoc and release the how or whatever let's it is. Let's slip the like, dogs of war. Let's slip the dogs and of then war. Kevin and he's just, is like, just like to be or not to be. Yeah, exactly. That's the question. Yeah. It was literally that. <laughs> With all the enthusiasm of a sophomore English student doing a popcorn read. To be no or less not enthused to be. than that. Yeah, it's like uh, wherefore and everyone like Romeo, boos Romeo, him. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Uh, um, 
Capulet. Well, and it's, like, supposed to be this thing where, like, we, it was, again, with, like, the tonal differences, because, like, I, as an audience member, was like, fuck yeah, Bethlehem, you're killing it. Yeah. Of course your army is gonna clap for you. And then they're, like, booing Costner because he deserves it, because he's being bad at acting, and that's his only thing at that point. That's supposed to get us on his side. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's so bad. That's Remember what I'm saying. Like, you said you were the one who yells at the mic, and I'm the one who talks quietly. Yeah, yeah. That's why we arranged our seating with me further from the mic. <laughs> but um, I've been just uh, enjoying the show. You underestimated her passion. She's. Yeah, but like Will Patton is probably the least of my issues in this movie. I think he's like Vanessa said, giving 150 percent when 20 was asked for, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard of to describe a performance. <laughs> especially this one like he's given his all and i think he you know like like i said those scenes where kevin costner isn't involved i have total buy-in on this guy Mm -hmm. versus the town like he has real menace and there's like physically there's nothing really menacing about him and he even says like you know in the old world 16 years ago i was just like a copy machine salesman yeah i'm just a salesman that like took up this seat of power and really ran with it so there's nothing like really intimidating or menacing about him but he sells it so well yeah it's so good i love him in this movie and then he's just playing against the most bored motherfucker on the planet (laughs) well like his backstory like i want a backstory on him because that sounds like a fascinating arc, the right? Pre-man. Like, yeah, the pre, ah. the, the pre man. <laughs> um, but like for for you know his, his life, he start yeah, starting out as a salesman. Then he reads this book that's just like a ten ways to get girls now kind of book, like you know, of like <laughs> read this thing. A pickup <laughs> like, artist it, book. Yeah. No, it's that bullshit like. Uh, Jordan Peterson's Twelve. Seven Sim- habits of highly yeah, effective people. Or no, whatever. It's, it's not Peterson, but. No, but uh, Peterson has like a 12 ten rules for daily living or some, something, something yeah. like Eight that. Eight simple yeah. rules for ruling my teenage apocalypse. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. Clean your room, and then you'll be a warlord. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you yeah. make your bed first thing in the morning, you can rule an army. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, but like he he buys it because that's what I I, I even want to know. You know, does this guy actually give a shit about this race war? Because clearly, he doesn't. Because when he's selecting people, he cares about the the person whose eyes are downturned, um, I'm not going to share what he calls them, but, uh, the person whose eyes are downturned, but he accepts a, uh, like, biracial person into the army, Mm -hmm. and he's questioned about it, and he's just like, well, I said that he's racially pure, so, obviously, he doesn't actually care, but he has the people around him who do, he, like, knows the rhetoric to say to get these crazy people around him. How, how many, how many rewatches before you started, like, theorizing about character motives and like deeper motifs really only this like or I, okay. I, I wouldn't say only this time okay i've always really liked his character um, so you've got to see this movie like upwards of 20 times before like you really get it no <laughs> i haven't seen it 20 times uh, well, um we can get you there no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll cover this again next year we'll do it again every week until we really understand <laughs> like even even his thing like just I, I don't know i feel like he's like a textbook like someone that we see today that like rallies people around them like he's he's a he's a great speaker he's you know thrilling enough he's menacing enough 
And it's like he also is very inviting. Yeah. He doesn't seem like super imposing and I feel like that like brings like people like him do horrific things you know like there there are so many world leaders that you look at them and you're like you're not that imposing but you draw people to you and they become your imposing people and they carry out this bullshit and that lets you get away with whatever and that lets you get away with whatever to the point that he's like I, I mean it's just so it's such a good scene when he's talking and he's painting and he like dismisses the postman and then the last thing you see, he's holding this mirror, and he just, in the most menacing voice, says, don't move, or, like, stop oh, moving. Yeah. And he's talking to himself. He's talking to himself because he's mad that his hand is shaking while he's trying to paint his own self-portrait. It's like he just rules everything with this iron fist and this, like, I don't know. Let's let's go join the Wholeness Army. You guys ready? Yeah. I'm, like, ready to yeah. follow this guy now. He, he's, like, off in the background having his own movie. Yes! You know, like... And he's <laughs> killing it! That's the wanna, movie that I want to watch! That's exactly right. I was going to say that. That's the I want to see that movie. Well, I've also... Someone, I forget who it was, on, on our Facebook comments, um, described his character as... Uh, your libertarian co-workers fantasy of who they'd be in a world <laughs> oh, without God. regulations you know? yeah. like and it just it made so much more uh-huh. sense that he used to be a, a, a copy salesman you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i was i was gonna make a comparison to lord of the flies but like kind of loosely guided adults i think that's how this would have turned out yeah where's my yeah. voice going keep talking what Drink more beer. <laughs> oh, my oh voice i thought leaving. you meant like audio wise not like uh, vocal cord wise mm. anyways <laughs> uh, yeah back on do you guys want to get back on Costner That now that we've touched on what could have been I'll tell you who wants to get back on Costner every Abby. woman in post apocalyptic Denton oh yeah <laughs> it, it um, is insane we, I, I yeah. really like Vanessa touched on it a little bit it's just the Tom Petty of it all just like <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's only in the movie because Kevin Costner was like what if Tom Petty thought I was famous too? Yes, <laughs> to yeah, prove more to the famous. World how famous I am? Yeah, like, he's only. Nah, man, I'm not famous anymore. You're the famous. You're one. the famous one. I'm just like, I guess I am. <laughs> like, okay, Ugh. buddy, let's go. How awesome would it be if he like, if Tom Petty like tagged it off with like, no, seriously, man, like, I love Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Tom uh, Petty doesn't know he's in the movie. He thinks that, yeah. like, Kevin Costner invited him to a waterfall to tell oh him how famous gosh. he is on a yep. camera. Yeah. And then he, he pushes, you know, he's like, you can't bring that up, Tom. He pushes him off, and then he's like, oh, no, now I'm free falling. <laughs> She's a good Zing. girl. Loves her daddy. Ew. Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've got a note on this, but I want you to introduce it. Yeah. All right. I'll introduce it with nothing but objective facts. Kevin Costner caught, cast his own child daughter in a role where she has a crush on him. I will let that speak for itself. She was yeah. 13 at the time of this movie's release. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. All of his children are in the film. Yeah, there's like a six-year-old girl like there for like a really quick little bit. Uh-huh. And I yeah. think also, the older one, the 13-year-old, I think she was also in Dances with Wolves as, when she was like maybe eight or so. Did she Which also it, have a crush on him at that point? Because, I haven't gosh. seen it. 
personal arc and right there. Tom Petty didn't know it at the time of filming, but Kevin Costner is his dad. And <laughs> oh my gosh. And he revealed it to him. He put all Daddy. his kids in the movie. <laughs> he had to really work to explain no away way. Tom Petty. Uh, I'm his kid, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah. That part with his daughter is just rough. It's I, just rough. My interpretation, I got to disagree with you guys a little bit. It's extremely awkward. I didn't really see it as like a flirting moment or like a crush moment. I really read it as like my idol is here. She's like one of the aspiring postal carriers. And she's like, oh man, the guy that started this whole thing, he's here at the dance. Like I'm going to dance with the cool teacher at the school dance. That I got that kind of vibe from it. But don't you have but, a crush on the cool teacher when you want to do that? And yes. her disappointment. See, I, I would be there with you, except for her crushed look. Exactly. Which, when he grabs Abby. Exactly. Which is, the end of that is basically either she has a crush on him, and that's creepy and weird and fucked up, or it's like, a, oh, I just want to like hang out with my cool teacher. And then it just makes him look like an asshole when he just ignores her and he's like I only dance with women I'm trying to fuck and go straight to Abby <laughs> oh, he like, definitely still looks like an asshole like she looks sad and he looks like an asshole there's no it, it positives <laughs> there's no like way to gleam any positives about Kevin Costner's interpretation of this scene Yeah. either way you look at it it's so bad it's, just it's like so he just bad. wanted to like get video documentation of him ignoring his daughter and being a bad parent but also wanted her to have the hots for him on that video like it's just a weird choice from a guy who controls everything about the movie you know yeah. <laughs> just a weird thing to do when you have unchecked power <laughs> that's the thing it's like it's everything you're like well maybe that's just the way they wanted to make the movie no he made the movie <laughs> yeah this was his idea i promise <laughs> he, right? like, he did it Oh my god. Yeah. What do you guys uh, think about a uh, I think the real hero of the story is our old pal Ford Lincoln Mercury. 100%. Yeah. He's the only one who got shit done. He exactly. actually gave people hope. Yeah. Like yeah. the and actually organized just a, a white man community. taking over and taking credit for all the things that everyone else did. This is Ford Lincoln Mercury erasure. This is true. Yeah. This is true. It's just like he just Kevin Costner fucks off for like in the in the movie it's like what four or five months to hang out See, with his pregnant buddy. See, that's the other buddy. thing too. The time in this thing is <laughs> we didn't even I didn't even remember this. The time in this movie is all this mishmash of like so him and Abby go off have queen sex yeah and then. They go away to this cabin. So, yeah, so then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bethlehem comes to Pineview and then tries to enact Prima Nocta and tries to get her husband. So they're, like, happy because she's pregnant. And then he tries to get her husband to agree and to give him his blessing to fuck her. And then when he doesn't, because he's like, I can't do that, man. Not twice because... in one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already let one drifter stranger that we don't know fuck my wife. I'm not doing it for another. And yeah, he has weird hangups the second time around. <laughs> yeah. And you say, you say he 
let him fuck his wife. However, I no, think... No, he begged, begged... Begged Kevin Costner. Please, 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 would you put your seed in my wife? That's why I put it in the song lyric for Post Manada. Uh, yes, Costner, yes. keep my wife pregnant and pleased. Yeah, yeah. So, but but, but not Bethlehem. We're, we're not about that. Not so he tries no, no, to no. do Prima Nocta, and then he's like, well, great men take what they want. And then he knifes him. Uh, in the middle of the street, and Abby's crying. It was like again, postman's nowhere to be seen. This whole scene is fantastic. Yes, heart wrenching, yes. gut wrenching as well. It like like I believe that they love each other. I believe that there's all this stuff going on. Um, and then he takes Abby as prisoner, and then the postman tries to go and like barter with him or something like like talk to Bethlehem from a different town. And then they see Abby, and then. A- Again, the postman doesn't do anything good. Abby starts taking her sniper shots at all of these people in the Holmes army and gets them out of there. Kevin Costner takes a shot to the gut and we're supposed to treat him like a hero when Abby does everything. She gets him on yeah. a horse. She gets them out of there. She shoots like five people and Kevin Costner's just standing there like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And then they go out to this cabin in the woods and... Um, yeah, they fuck off for however long. It could be a month. It could be seven. My head cannon is two days. <laughs> it was a wet hot American summer situation where it was like. I mean, it's nice to, to get away fair, to the cabin. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just an hour. An hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, back and if you've ever been in the mountains for the of, like, like in the Pacific Northwest, snowstorms do blow in in just a couple hours, and then everything's fine later. It's literally the only way the timeline of the movie can make yes, sense is the if they way. like stopped there for an afternoon and. <laughs> Ford Lincoln Mercury really got on his grind in that yeah. time and like mobilized yeah. a battalion of people because to deliver Abby mail. Because Abby is not showing any signs of pregnancy at all Ever. in the not entire the whole movie. time of and this then she movie. Has a fucking baby at the end. That's <laughs> just oh there. My gosh. And we forgot about the fact that she like, oh my gosh, she tries to leave, then she gets stuck in the water. And Kevin Costner all of a sudden gets up, his wounds are healed, and he goes and finds her in the middle of a river that's frozen because all of the snow everywhere. And then they come back, and she murders their horse for some reason because he's like, I'm hungry, and we've only had pine cones. And she's like, fine, I'll go kill our horse and bring back only a handful of meat because she says that's all that we have is this one little tiny pot of meat and I'm like didn't you just go slaughter your horse (laughs) um yeah so it it makes one meal and only he can have it she doesn't have any food even though she just murdered a horse the horse really and she's pregnant and she's pregnant allegedly yeah yeah, allegedly I think Um, alt theory um she was never pregnant and stole the baby honestly I would buy that that would make the movie make more sense it would I do want to. Yeah. I do want to call out a scene that you mentioned where Kevin Costner just sits around and does nothing while uh, is it Abby? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! From we're watching. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say like I I had the word Abby in my mind. I was just like, wait, I'm thinking of the librarian from we're watching. <laughs> uh, no, like that's the first scene, and I have it written down here. Ninety-two minutes into the movie, Kevin Costner oh finally attacks somebody. He like he like picks up a spear or like a long stick and he like knocks a dude off a horse and I'm like that's the first time he's actually like acted out against oppressors. Yeah. Ninety two minutes into the film. <laughs> oh, that's right. Fuck? And then before they even go up into the mountains, I totally forget. 
Abby murders someone as well. Like, one of the Wholeness Army guys comes upon them, and Kevin Costner's not doing anything except for holding a tree branch, and Abby, like, gets him and gets him in there, and then Kevin Costner releases the branch like the hero he is, and then Abby beats his skull in with a giant rock, and we're like, yay, the postman! But you said, you said, uh, releases the branch... It looks more like he like flew a like flung a very light stick at him. <laughs> like it's like Bench. how could that possibly even like distract someone, let yeah, alone like knock them know. over? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but also, another point on this, this movie forgets that they killed that man. If you go back to the last battle, he's there on a horse. That man that Abby kills. Clear shot. Again, you only see that after you've watched it five times. The guy that gets shot in the head? No, the guy that she beats to death with a rock. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. She kills a couple people. very clearly dead. She does kill a couple people. No, she she snipes a bunch of them. But the one that she bashes his head in with a rock um, shows back up at the final battle because they didn't give a shit. They forgot who they killed. And they had so many extras that they were just like, yeah, just throw your uniform back on. It's probably nothing. You gotta think there was some out-of-sequence shooting. You know, yeah. like, some, some reshoots. I don't uh, think there was any continuity person oh, on this film. Like, just everyone was like, you know what? It won't matter. Just I'm keep the going. Script. They were right. Too. No amount of continuity could have made this movie any more palatable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were like, why try? Yeah. Like, they but could the have, timing, like, changed clothes the between shots and it would have helped. It definitely feels like there should have been, like, four years in between all of this. At most... Probably four months for Abby to not be... Maybe because she's a small person. Mm -hmm. I'll give it six months to not really be showing much. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of food. They kind of established that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about pregnancy. Whatever. What am I talking about? (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, there's those shows. Like, I didn't know I was pregnant until I was, I don't know, giving birth in the back of a truck. I just kind of like, I think you probably, maybe the meth had something to do with that. Probably other people knew you were pregnant, but. (laughs) And, um, we're we're kind of, like, progressing our notes through the story here. So I kind of want to go to the next little bit here. So we've got our postal routes established, right? Yeah. We're just kind of like, this last vestige of what we... You know, our link to the past, to mm-hmm. quote the title of a video game, t- is, like, the the mail running through things. It's just like, okay, <laughs> the symbol of federal government is the mail. And Wait. I'm just like, okay, we can kind of make, like, a wholesome little story about, you know, these people trying to harken back to better times and just, like, bring back this little reminder of what we once were as a society and being the better people for it just really like committing to we're going to stand strong we're going to be the better people high moral ground in the face of tyranny we're going to act as you know examples of a better life you spelled tyranny wrong and then they spelled tyranny wrong and they just shot a bunch of motherfuckers um it's this it's this hard shift where it's just like oh like oh we've established mail routes kevin costner's 
picking up mail from a little kid's hand and just going the other direction. Where's he going? <laughs> and <laughs> oh my God. what was he doing? Because at that the time I thought the scene. mail was like fake. No, <laughs> no, it was they were like going the out to scene do in the, the movie. mail. It is the best scene in the movie. For all the wrong I also, but, um, but before we go on though, can I can no I go can no. I go back though first? Is when yeah. he first gets to Pineview. Um, he he walks in and just like. The music that starts happening. So they're like, when he's oh, trying to get yeah. away, and that old man goes, it's right around the corner. And he's like, the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, you know, it's right around the corner, what you're looking for. Crazy and then we poop. have, and then we have just this rousing patriotic song, like <laughs> instrumental music, <laughs> as he takes a look <laughs> at the post office. The rundown that looks like it's from like the 1800s post office or early 19th like it, 1900s it looks like a prop in back to the future part three yes like. yes it does <laughs> yes fun fact it was filmed on the same set just kidding um <laughs> that's where the clock tower is supposed to be <laughs> oh my gosh they were like and here's our clock tower it's well known i'm telling you this is a this is a a, a non-clock tower timeline and yeah. it's obvious uh, once, once no, you get this the, mule the, up to 88 miles an hour so... you're gonna see some serious shit <laughs> Where and then going, as he's leaving, as he's leaving to go to the other towns, and that little girl just starts singing. Oh my god! Oh my god! For spacious skies, for amber waves, and the entire town sings "America the Beautiful" as he's awkwardly riding off on one of their horses and again still bored still like, bored he's not very even disinterested it. in this not even proud of himself oh. for like getting away with the grift what's like, what's the song they sang in a uh, red dawn it was something like that like right before like people got like executed they were singing i think they were singing american america the beautiful american pie american, <laughs> american woman um <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it was something like that. And then, like, we're talking earlier, it just reminded me, like, oh, that's because Kevin Costner watched Braveheart right before doing this. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, it just seems like this cool moment from this movie, this cool speech, this cool song singing about America, I saw it in a cool movie I liked, so I'm going to put it here. And then mm-hmm. just misuse it entirely. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, uh, man. And, what like, was... when they come in and they burn the American flag, every head in that entire town is bowed. And the children who don't even know what America is are sobbing in the corners. As General Bethlehem says, America's dead and it never was. And they're all just like, not my America. Um, well, it's just a moment that really drives home that this is a movie where, for, for all of uh, Patton's performances... The, the bad guys are always just like lurking around being like god we're so bad <laughs> man are we are we an evil bunch of evil guys or what what do you want to do now do you want to do something good or bad and then everyone's like bad <laughs> like it's, they're just like so openly preoccupied with how evil they are i i have a note on here that says the eight are very into looking aesthetically evil um, that like i was it, it especially struck me in the last battle part where all of their horses are like 
dark shades of dark brown and black, and all of the Americans' horses are like this beautiful, gleaming chestnut. Shadow packs, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're either white or they're this beautiful, like, chestnut color, um, like, true-blooded American horses versus these, like, yeah, orange and black beasts of whatever. (laughs) Hell's coming with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're really into just sitting around and thinking about and acting bad. They're just bad guys dude, doing bad shit. I gotta say, man. Like, I guess to finish my point, there's this is a <laughs> sorry. sorry. No, no, no. Like, uh, yeah, that was a perfect carry on. But like, my last thought, I guess, about the maleness of it all. M A I L. Um. If you've been watching The Boys, this isn't a spoiler, but uh, there's a a moment where a character says, if you don't draw the line, how do you know where you stand? Or it's just Mm -hmm. like, if you're fighting against a corrupt evil, if you're using evil to fight that evil, what does that make you really? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's like moments in this movie where it's just like, oh, I, like I was saying, I, I think we're going to use the male, like this vestige of a society long since past and like high moral standards to really fight evil and then they just lure them into a trap and shoot the fuck out of them and just murder people they just switch into this death militia all of a sudden (laughs) you're just like well and it's like these sad this sad music that's playing as like kevin costner's hanging out with like it, it's during the dance scene. It's when Kevin Costner rejects his daughter's dance and is dancing with Abby, and they're like hanging out at East Side, dancing under the colored lights, and nice. everyone's having a great nice. time. When just this get like some quesadillas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go grab grab a burrito from the burrito truck. Grab some um, me. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But, like, legitimately, it doesn't seem that bad. It seems pretty chill in this town. I would mm-hmm. definitely live in Pineview. Like, it, yeah. it seems it seems rad. Um, but, no, but there's, like, this montage of, of the wholeness army just murdering children riding on horses who are so passionate about the mail as everyone's just having a party and Kevin Costner's fine. Nothing bad is happening to him, ever. That was when they were in full wrap-it-up mode. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. they were like, all right... We're going to have to condense about two more hours of movie into one montage, and we're not really going to have the creative liberty to worry about how that tracks thematically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god. Dude, that's yeah. the thing, too. It's just like... All I can do mentally when I'm watching this, I'm like watching this badass militia of like freedom fighters and just say to myself... These are the mail carriers. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what I keep thinking back to. Like the whole premise of this is just like we deliver letters aimlessly. They're it still seems aimless, even though they have like a route. It's just like here's some brown paper in an envelope. I'm a mm-hmm. hero. And it's yeah. just like here's that's all they're doing. They're like, Well, now I'm a, you know, freedom fighter, guerrilla tactics militia member mm-hmm. i delivered yeah. louder a couple times that makes me a badass soldier well I'm like it doesn't help that the whole movie seems like it takes place like within a 10 mile radius yeah you know like oh and we're <laughs> we're like supposed to believe that this was something that like spanned the nation and like yada 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 and it's like dude it seems like more of like 
a weird side story in a much more interesting, yeah. larger story yeah. about like <laughs> the collapse of society. Yeah. Right? Like, New yeah. Mexico's probably pretty chill. Like <laughs> they usually are. They're kind of already in a barren wasteland, so like they've got it. They've got it made for themselves. New Mexico hasn't noticed that the apocalypse happened. They're just like, they, they've oh had shit, it. for real? We thought the cable had been out. Their, <laughs> their, their mail service was uninterrupted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He shows oh up like thinking he's going to be like worshipped as a god and a beacon of hope. And then they just start like bitching to him about a package that arrived damaged. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to get with you about this letter. It seems a little ripped. And there were three stamps. I think they really should have been paying two. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, we do find out that they're in California because that last, like, when they do capture Ford, the the Holness Army captures Ford. They also had another mail carrier that they had captured, um, who was from California, and they didn't know yeah. each other. And that's when they realized that this whole he's like, it will never end, even yeah. if I kill Ford, it I think, will never end. I think that was like. A sign that it was spreading to California. Yeah. It was like, but yeah, it, that that really takes. That's the one clue to that kind it's of not just in this. It to 10 miles to reaffirm your point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is like it's the one clue that this story isn't just taking place in a little ten square mile area. It's like of, of California's Washington heard of this. And, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like not even that far. It's like Washington, Oregon, and Northern California. Like. No shade to them, but that's a very small portion of the country. It would have, like, had to be right at that intersection of those states' <laughs> yeah. borders for me to, like, believe that, like, 30 people on horses were, like, adequately covering the ground <laughs> for mail, right? Like, you know, like... Uh, when he comes back from their trip in, to the cabin in the woods, there's, like, oh, a couple hundred, right. like... It's and like other a... troops formed. They yeah. They hadn't met each other. Okay, mm-hmm. I... I forgot because it doesn't matter. And well, it's like because it's he sets this precedence. He sets this precedence that like any postal person can make people, knight. yeah, can knight people as more postmen. So it's like it's a pyramid scheme. You have to you have to get more postmen so that you carry less mail, and you have to keep <laughs> getting your downline of more postmen. Yep. This entire thing is an MLM. I was funneling Plexus pink drinks to them and like just making them take them to other towns and enlist yeah. more postmen. Y'all, I am so excited. I have started a new job opportunity where I can really be my own boss. If you join Do me... Do you love horses? A simple, <laughs> a simple plan where you deliver mail packages for me, I will sign you up. <laughs> oh my god. Multi-level... Uh, Parcel delivery. Mail. Yeah. Mail kitting. MLM. Um, uh, the M in MLM stands for mailman. Gotcha. Yeah. Which one? I'll never tell. Multi-level mailman. I, I have something burning in the front of my brain. I, I just, like, it, I keep waiting just for it to happen organically, and it keeps not happening. I'm sorry, um, bud. Are we, are we just going to not talk about the sex scene? I was kind of hoping we wouldn't have to, honestly. <laughs> Which one? The the Lynchian sex scene where Kevin Costner, like, hits an all-time personal best of at least three. Um, and <laughs> is just fucked to absolute exhaustion by a woman who wants more. Yeah. And we have to oh. watch him, like, remount. Like, well, it's, it's like, it, it, and it starts out so awkward at first. We didn't talk about the fact that she wants him to close his eyes and not look at her. 
And she also wants her eyes to be closed so that, that she's not cheating on her husband. Uh, that, and then it shifts. It clearly shifts by round two that then she's into it. <laughs> she opens her eyes and she is consensually with Costner, not her husband. And by then he's asleep. I think we mentioned that he was asleep for yeah. the best parts of that. <laughs> so it's not cheating if he's asleep. It's Only not- your eyes can be open. It's just like... <laughs> the husband didn't need to exist. Like, she could just be like, hey, I want to have kids, but, like, the gene pool's too messed mm-hmm. up. Like, he didn't need to be there at all. And if anything, he created complications because they had to make it really clear that, like, Kevin Costner's character was morally in the clear to, like, fuck this widow. Um, you know, like, and he seemed to literally be there to beg Kevin Costner to fuck his wife. Yeah. Like, it seems I mean, like they're honestly, like, well, we about, know we have to have that. I feel like it's more about, like, her own growth in it of just being, because he's like, why don't you like me? And she's like, this is hard for me. He died yesterday. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. I You've mean, been that in this makes cabin sense. cabin for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't you like me? And she's like, he just I'm died. I'm, but I'm horny. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. Um, this is one of the stupidest, most insulting things I've ever seen. Like, if uh, I wanted to watch Kevin Costner masturbate, I would, uh, I w- just watch I this least, movie. I would at least Google it. Yeah. I guess I'd watch The Postman, but mm-hmm. that's the problem is I don't want to watch Kevin Costner masturbate. I suppose that's mm-hmm. my beef with the movie. Um, yeah. I did reach out to a Kevin Costner guy about something important. Um, we have photos on the interwebs of the statue from this movie being in someone's garage. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But we don't know whose. Um, notable uh, wrestling toy maker, uh, Zombie Sailor, uh, has a weird infatuation with Kevin Costner. Um, and I was surprised he actually to. responded to me because I I, I, I I sent him a picture of the statue and was like legitimately thinking he might know something about it because I'm like that's that's our national treasure that's that's the movies for when declaration of independence like we've got to go get the statue from the postman i just want to i just want a picture with it yeah Uh, me and you good then it can then it can live at my house and we'll we'll take the picture here yeah i was worried we'd have to share custody because i I want to get on the horse with kevin Um, i want to hold up the lid <laughs> we need to recreate that oh for for like a, a movies for when Christmas card or yeah, something. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> we need to do the postman. Um, uh, all that goes to say, Zombie did respond, but he was just like, "Whoa, cool!" Uh, he didn't have any intel. But uh, my search continues. If you know anything about the whereabouts of the statue from this oh, movie, shit. please, please, please contact movies for when's PR team. Yeah, but only um, by letter. We only accept handwritten you letters, do, please. To, to prove you're legit, it's going to have to be snail mail. I'm sorry, but I'm not really going to be able to take yeah. you seriously as an insider if you use new media to if, communicate. Yeah. Okay. If the info doesn't come to us from a guy on a horse in a ratted tattered jacket we're not gonna believe it's real so yeah, yeah i'm gonna be like god serious inquiries only <laughs> yeah. that's a modern male uniform <laughs> god <laughs> i'm so tired of my time being wasted <laughs> yeah, absolutely that's right can i can i take us back just for a second Always. um so I, I have a note in here about kevin costner in when he's in the mail truck um from like the very beginning and like one the idea that the skeleton would completely decompose, but the outfit would be totally untouched. Um, 
also baffling because it's very clearly oh, like a yeah. school like a high school teacher's skeleton that they've dressed in a mailman's outfit because uh, that's not how any decomposition like, the skin works. would still be stuck to that outfit <laughs> yeah it would be fucking gross it looks like a spirit halloween it display. literally like, <laughs> yeah it looks like spirit halloween and they were just like put a hat on it it's fine <laughs> No one will notice. Yeah, this hat. But then, <laughs> but then, Kevin Costner finds finds a lighter, and it's like they're doing a parody of like a man in a cave, like a caveman <laughs> scene of like he's like, oh, 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 I about this. and he's trying to light the fire, and the fire comes up in the match, and like, and he's like, oh, oh, like, like it's like the the man discovered, yeah. And then the monolith is just a giant envelope. Uh, nice. <laughs> it's it's like they're doing this weird bit for a minute, and then he's just like done with it. But it's very much like he's not just cold; he's discovering fire for the first time in his life. I gotta uh, I gotta say, you spoiled a gimmick for me. Oh, I'm so sorry. But I'm so glad you notice it. It only validates. <laughs> what I have to bring the t- to the table on that. Yes. There's so much dumb bullshit that, like, my brain doesn't store all of it away. Like, yeah. I vividly remember watching that scene and being like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this stupid shit? But you have then, to be like, reminded. Yeah. Well, I completely there's so much other stupid shit. Because yeah. there's three hours worth of stupid shit in this movie. And yeah. this is, like, my fourth watch, and I swear... Like, the first 30 minutes was, like, watching it for the first time because all of that stuff doesn't connect to any of the stuff that happens later. So my mind, like, associated so little of it with this movie. I just, like, basically remembered that, like, he goes to a gas station and then he joins, like, a a war cult. Mm -hmm. And I didn't remember even that he's, like, an actor. You know, like, I didn't remember any of that shit. I didn't remember that he made friends. Like, none of it. None of it. Yeah. There's so much just, like, just extraneous information in this movie. Like, so much. Yeah. And it all is, like, presented in a fantastically stupid format. It it (laughs) is. It is. But, hey, at least he's got some of the best sweaters that I've ever seen in a movie. He does. He's got some great sweaters. A plus. Let's be real. A plus for sweater game. They didn't catch my eye. I must be honest. I have no recollection of these. You're not really into sweaters, though. You weren't paying attention. I like sweaters. I mean, I'm not a hardcore. You're not not into sweaters like me and Greg are into sweaters, though. That's true. You are okay with sweaters. We love sweaters. You're always warm. Yeah. Me and Vanessa are always cold. Very true. That is true. I both Greg and I are wearing long sleeve right yeah, now. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. <laughs> I am also wearing a hoodie right now. Denny is in shorts and a t-shirt. Woo! It's like a hundred degrees outside. Why am I the weird one for this? Because we're inside, in dumb. We're inside and it's cold. It's not that cold. Our air conditioner kind of sucks. It's, like, it's cold enough. Thank you. Um, this is the hottest pot. room of the house. <laughs> Only because you two are in it. Hey. We're in all the rooms. <laughs> it's our house. We're everywhere. everywhere all yeah. More positives. Uh, the set design rocks. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Very good set design. I love a lot of the looks of this movie. Honestly, that's one of the I, things I that I'm I love done. about '90s movies. <laughs> like nice. 
what is Greg Greg opened up like he was gonna do a positive discussion and then said one thing and was like okay that's it yeah I mean I, yeah I'm out yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I mean I'm, that's that's pretty much all the positives but I, I do like the wells run dry that's that's something that I really love about like 90s movies is their like commitment to the scenery and like setting the scene in and making it feel like you're truly like where you want it to be like this is a you you believe that they're all there that this is like there's enough post-apocalyptic stuff that i would believe it um i think there was like a a note too that i i saw um in in all of the studying and this film that i've done um but that they like were trying to think of what what would have lasted in like a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic world. Kevin yeah. Costner's so, like, sperm. We know yeah, that. Kevin Costner's sperm, of course. Easily but, like, a giant quarry, penis. you know, from, yeah. you know, where the Holness Army is, that would be a place that probably would have lasted. Mm-hmm. Like, that big dam where Tom Petty's people are, that one probably would have lasted. So, like, all of these, like, big places around, like, large areas where, like, power still would be supplied from, like, different areas and things like that. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense, like you know, waterfalls in the place, like, Pine View sounds like they probably got some, like, water-powered energy and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It just, the the sets are good. I enjoyed them. That's Um, good. I enjoyed them, you know, like, Mm -hmm. much like Waterworld, right? Yeah. This is the opposite of Waterworld. That's a note I had early on when it was in a desert. It's, It's the opposite of Waterworld, but then, like, they go into these lush green forests yeah. with rivers, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh, never mind. So They're not apparently, struggling. According to IMDb trivia, they the crew would refer to this as Dirt World, mm-hmm. but they had to do it in a hushed voice because apparently if Kevin Costner heard you, you'd be fired on the spot. That's very And he made this funny. movie because he's very secure in who he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, obviously. Yeah. 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 Everything communicates exactly that. Uh-huh. Honestly, he might be. This doesn't strike me as someone who is actually like, oh, God, I, I, I know I suck, but I want to feel better about myself. It strikes me as someone with, like, an absolute blind confidence that they're they're making something yeah. really good. He, like, yeah. he thinks <laughs> like, that that is totally sellable and everyone would believe that he, like, every woman in every town has the hots for him. Yeah. For sure. Like... Honestly, yeah. if I were a celebrity, maybe I would too. Like, he's probably used to people wanting to fuck him just because he's a celebrity. You know, like, yeah. I'd imagine that can skew your perspective. But, like, dude, I've always thought, like, Kevin Costner does not, like, strike me as a big-budget action hero when mm-hmm. I look at him. You know, like, that's not, like, again, like, that's not sexy Tom Cruise, you know, running around being hot. Yeah. Kevin Costner, like, pretty much his whole career has had, like, uh, uh, dad energy, you know, like, and not in, <laughs> like, a, not in, like, a alluring sexual dad energy, but in, like, a, a regular dad, you know, yeah. like, just, just like a barbecuing in, in New Balance's <laughs> dad <laughs> energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Severe that final, Bob. Oh. <laughs> he looks like Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. He does. He Yoke does, today. actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, they look very similar. Which is a joke in Better Call Saul, where oh. <laughs> he pretends that he's Kevin Costner. Amazing. Awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. The final battle, I think, is great. Uh, what? I mean, I don't think it's great. Sorry. It's great in the way of, I mean, like, it's I knew, terrible, I knew just to like wait. everything. I knew to yeah. wait and listen. Not, not great. I never it's, wait or listen. <laughs> just, like, they, they all ride in. He pulls off his 
his sleeve, which also just like take off your shirt. Why rip your clothes? We're in the post-apocalyptic ah. world. Clothes are a scarcity, man. Well, like, when winter was two hours ago. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's summer. Uh, it like uh, I have a note in here. I don't actually remember if this is accurate. Um, but just like the final battle, they just play chicken with their horses. They jump off, and then they're just rolling around on the ground in slow motion. Yeah. And I had that. Is this the same music as the sex scene earlier? Because it seems very similar. Is there was like soft Ooh. instrumental music playing at the same time as it keeps cutting to this crowd, like getting closer and closer, and they're all coming around. I also had a thing too of like, did they get so distracted that they just let Ford go because they definitely had him as their prisoner, and then he's like <laughs> all of a sudden in the crowd as a like spectator as well. <laughs> um, and everyone's just like, wow, look at them roll all around on the ground doing their sensual. thing. It was so sensual. They weren't even hitting each other. They were just rolling around. Grunting. Rust- rustling and tussling. Uh, well, yeah, that's what happens when you get like a, a mailman and a fucking copy machine salesman <laughs> to like, fight to the death. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Do not. Yeah. yeah, you get an actor... And the sale, yeah, a copy, a copy they do salesman. Like a, I think Costner's big move is like a really awkward headbutt into his yeah. face. And it's just like, mm-hmm. that looked more like a lean-in for a kiss than anything else. Like, Well, and even like that last scene too where he's like, no, I can't kill him. There will be no more violence. It's like he's reading off of a cue card. There's no emoting happening in this man's eyes. Because he's bored. <laughs> he's so uh, bored. And the it's man without a thing. tongue. The, the tongueless second in command had so much more presence than Kevin Costner did mm. in this entire movie. Yeah. And he ballless. never says a word because his tongue is gone. But, you know. He communicates uh, more with his eyes. Yes. Yeah. And his just like his presence. Fucking uh, hell. I wanted like, his dick more, and he's castrated. Yeah. But Just he wouldn't balls. fall asleep during the act. That's He um, would try really hard. He seems like he would please someone well, or at least would, do his best. He seems like a sleepy fucker, though. Like, <laughs> he's lying he looks like a dead for his fuck. time to strike. <laughs> You're a dead fuck, Kevin Costner. <laughs> Damn, he would have t- got roasted in Friday the 13th Part uh, 4? Yep. Bingo. That's great. That's a bingo. Let me just open my letter and consult what it says. It says you're a dead Dead fuck. fuck. (laughs) Uh, More on that later. But yeah, even that whole horse, like, horseback battle scene (coughs) is like, you know, usually we'll complain about movies on this podcast being focused on uh, just all the wrong things. This movie is so focused on the wow and not really the why. Like, that <laughs> yeah. whole battle happens after, like, Kevin Costner's just, like, on a zip line. After getting, like, a little pep talk from Tom Petty. Yeah. And then he's just like, What's you know a what? postman? <laughs> oh, my God. What's a postman? And they never answer him. They don't tell him what a postman is. They just, they just all it. look at him. It's the most stern scene in the whole fucking movie. You and don't it's know just what like, 
fucking mailman is, don't you piece you of shit. Fucking it's him. Don't fucking ask. Shut uh, up. Who is raising this fucking kid? Uh. Yeah, that was the most seriously... <laughs> a scene that takes itself the most seriously. Second, actually, to the final scene of this movie, yeah. we talked about the statue... Let's talk about the statue in the context of the film. Yes, I so, have a whole paragraph. Go ahead, Greg. So, oh my god, I cannot wait to hear it. I will I will give the people what the scene is. Yeah. This this scene with the statue can fuck off like 17 different ways. So yes. We flash for it like violence is over. We've defeated the evil, the big bad. Yeah, twenty forty three or something. Kevin Costner is done. Abby, we're gonna raise this little girl together, and then that little what's, girl grows what's her up. Name? What's who her ca- name, Greg? Who cares? What is it? What is it? Tell me. It's Hope. Her name is fucking Hope. Her name is Hope. Because what else would it be? What else Hope, would it be? Hope is presenting movie. an unveiling of a statue. Society has more or less been reestablished. To the point where 90s fashion is back, and there's TV cameras implying that there's TV and broadcasts. Uh Uh-huh. Holy shit, this thing was, this... Yeah, and sailboats. Like, we're we're back to leisurely sailing on on that lake. My number one issue with this whole thing is just, like, we were, like, one little teeny tiny reality check away from everything reverting back to normal <laughs> technology could have snapped back to what it used to be if everyone mm-hmm. was just like hey maybe we should work together like a little bit yeah okay and then they did that and then the daughter's like my father delivered the mail and he was the greatest man that ever lived here's a statue from the scene from halfway through the movie where he took a letter from a little boy and then the little boy is there, and it's the adult man saying, That was me. And then the movie ends with a flashback to the scene of Kevin Costner uh, in slow picking mo. up the mail, the letter from the young boy who extended his hand to the postman. It just. Fuck you! Uh. <laughs> it plays like a. Uh, the adventures of Dean Dangerous and Time Desk, <laughs> where, like, just, like, an embarrassingly bad, like, they didn't appreciate me and all I do. Like, this, like, reads like it was written by a disgruntled oh mailman. Yeah. You know, Dangerous, like, nice. <laughs> well, and it's like, we didn't even talk about that scene. I, we need I mean, Vanessa's paragraph. Uh, it's, well, well, I'm, I'm going to get to the paragraph. Don't you worry. I mean, <laughs> Pre- the scene the preamble in the middle. The yeah. This is the scene in the middle of the movie when we see that kid. So it's set up that, like, they're all going out to be, like, they're, you know, Kevin Costner and everyone. It's, like, before the wholeness is killing everyone and they're just spreading more and more. Um, he's going through and he's doing the mail and there's, like, this, you know, he's, he's picking up mail. Everyone's picking it up everywhere. They're going to different towns. They're continuing on their way. And this little boy and his mom cut to, it cuts to this little boy and his mom in a cabin and he sees Kevin Costner coming, and he doesn't stop. And he runs out to get the letter. As his mom is like, oh, no, you missed him. And he's like, well, uh. let me go try. And so he runs out into the road. And Kevin Costner is, like, 500 yards away. Turns <laughs> around. It, like, 
He is very clearly gone. He doesn't have a rearview mirror. It is past his periphery. Like, the kid doesn't say anything either. It's not he's like, hey, postman, can you come back for my letter? He just mm-hmm. goes and stands out in the road with his arm out. Kevin Costner turns. They lock eyes for far too long. And it's this will they, won't they? Is he gonna go back? Is he gonna get that letter? Or is he gonna leave this child in tears? What will happen? Stay tuned for next week's episode on Postman Adventures. And, um, and so, go ahead. And then they somehow have an absolutely picture perfect photographic statue representation of this moment that no well, one Well, because he turns around and there's all this stirring again, the soundtrack. There's this stirring music that is, oh my gosh, just the best moment of like, fuck yeah, America. Absolutely. And he leans over and he doesn't slow down. He nearly kills that child because that horse is oh, yeah. going so hold, fast. Hold still or you're, or you're gonna die. Or you will actually die. And he grabs that letter from that kid, and the mom comes out, and they're both smiling. And then Kevin Costner's going the wrong way for his mail route. Does he, like, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. see is the next scene if he, like, has to turn oh his horse around and be like, oh, hey, guys, so- sorry. Yeah, I'll take this letter. Don't worry. If you didn't nope. know, I'll, I'll go ahead, and, but I gotta go back this way. Through rain we- or sleet, it was gonna be a lot cooler if y'all went back inside. <laughs> Which is, like, kind of weird now. I was looking for an excuse to go back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's, like, the standout scene the first time me and you watched it together, Denny, was, yes. like, mm-hmm. just, like, me and you both were just like, he was going the other way. Why is he going this way now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this Incredible. is my thought on the last scene then, because that is, like Denny was saying, that is a perfect replica of what that little boy looks like at that exact time. And also a perfect replica of what Kevin Costner looked like. I believe that people knew what he looked like at the time. He probably doesn't look that differently. He can give an accurate depiction. So can his daughter. However, this implies that the postman had remembered that moment in such detail that he was able to give an accurate rendering of every hair and exactly like that child looked like down to his clothing to be able to tell the artist that was making that statue before he died. That is an early memory for that small boy and a random kid and he probably got really freaked out. And that, that memory is going to be literally set in stone for the rest of all time in this version of America that was a blip in his childhood memories. And he says, like, because he's there, right? He's like, that was me. Yeah, Which, you don't it, see him not, sobbing at the... You don't say that if you designed the statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, like, my headcanon is that he didn't and that, like, Kevin Costner actually went around constantly telling people of like guys you wouldn't believe it there was this one time oh i was so badass there's this that's, like that's little kid on the side of the road, other way blow right yeah, yeah he immediately I... went to tell the story like, <laughs> perfect Holy handoff shit. perfect guess handoff how, guess how i got this letter guys oh my he told everybody about it in exact detail drew like a thing like no here's the fence you guys aren't getting it <laughs> like, here's what i did is the horse more, no, no, the he's on my right side more <laughs> the wind was blowing our hair the grass was waving and America the Beautiful was playing you can't put that in the statue? okay I mean fine if you can't get it in there just make fine. sure someone sings it so are you guys gonna deliver this? or <laughs> <laughs> oh perfect 
Um, okay, I think I think we're done with this movie. This yeah. I think we're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Very we're long done. Episode. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> my 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 final thought on this movie. I just want to present you guys with a little metaphor that fits with the holiday. So the Fourth of July theme. I feel like this movie is like going to the fireworks stand seeing something on the top shelf that's like $350 Mm. you're like I'll take that one the big one the big fireworks show the spectacle you take it home and it just sputters sparks but it does it for like three fucking hours (laughs) 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 that's this movie in a nutshell you're just like it's just going <laughs> I spent way too much money on this shit that sucks. Yeah. Or you were advertised that it was gonna be the American flag and it's just Chinese dragons exploding <laughs> in like the ether and they're fantastic, but it's not what you paid for. Well, this isn't what and I got at all. You don't know why, but for some reason you just sit there and watch it the whole time. Partially because you're curious, how long could this possibly go on like this? Yeah, like, I could just keep drinking beer and watching this, and I'm having a good ass time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, is it gimmick time, Denny? We've got a new gimmick this week. What is our gimmick of the week, Denny? Please describe it for the people. Our gimmick is your we the people. We, we the people. The people of these magnetic states. The magnetic states of America. <laughs> um. Shout out to Master Pancake and Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. Um, the reinstated United States of America. <laughs> the United Reinstates of America. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Uh, whatever. Um, the gimmick this week is the male gaze moment, spelled M A I L G A Z E. So it's a pun. Uh, rip that Band-Aid right off. Um, this, is, uh, um, this movie was told from a very particular perspective. Um, and it's a perspective that might leave a lot of audience members who are underrepresented uh, feeling excluded. And that is the perspective of someone who is not obsessed with the male. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a, a moment where we saw the lens, we, we saw the world through the lens of someone who lives and breathes postage um and uh or another another way of phrasing it is uh the the a moment in which this movie really delivered all right yes so uh vanessa do you have a do you have a moment vanessa do you have a moment where the movie did not mail it in Um, oh shit (laughs) that was a good one that was really good uh so i i I mean Part of me says it, I mean, it's kind of got to be the kid scene for me, but I also, I forgot that I had this note and I couldn't figure out what it pertained to, um, but it was, and, and I think that this kind of fits, that it delivers in a way that I never asked for it to deliver, but it also ma- makes the most sense for this being very hashtag America. Um, and it was that old man who was a Vietnam veteran um, that they, like, talk about oh, at yeah. the post state, yeah, He's, like, getting inducted Oops. as a postman, and he's like, well, I already fought tyranny other places. And he was like, oh, yeah? Where'd you get that? And he was like, well, my brother's in a little place we used to call Vietnam, 
And, like, as if everyone forgot that other countries existed or something like that as well. Also, and I just, to call Vietnam. It's still Vietnam. Right? Yeah, it's still Vietnam. It's it was still always Vietnam. Vietnam. There was no tyranny happening. No, they've got their own, uh, they've got their own arc with the garbage man reuniting them and reminding <laughs> yes. them of what Vietnam used to stand Absolutely. for. Absolutely. <laughs> and I just have, in all caps, we they love veterans. This is America with two eagle emojis beside it. Those were my notes from that. And I feel like that just really sums up this movie of just, it's so utterly American and yet also not about America, but it is. <laughs> uh, and that's, yeah, that's that's my Mel Gaze moment, that or the, the child scene. I mean, it's gotta be the kid, right? Like, it, I mean, yeah. but, but also, I mean, they, they did not mail in that scene. They tried, but they didn't mail it in. They phoned it in. Greg, what about you? Male gaze? Or are you pointing to me? Uh, I'll give mine. I had like a serious one where it was. I think I mentioned it before with Abby watching her husband get murdered. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like wow. You and this... Abby watch someone kill Ivy. Yep. Yeah. It's messed up, man. I'll miss Ivy. Well, shouldn't have done so many wow raids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that would be like. The moment of delivery where, like, man, this movie really delivered. But yeah. my real answer, my favorite delivery is the one I said you guys spoiled for the gimmick is in the USPS truck trying to light the Zippo lighter. And Kevin Costner is doing fucking Tim Allen grunts. Trying to smoke a cigarette. And we're just like. This is going on He's entirely too long. He's not even trying to long. smoke a cigarette. He's just trying to make the fire happen. He's made. trying to make the fire happen. And fire. then he he does smoke cigarettes that he got from the gas station that the deer was in. Oh, yeah. That's but right. That's he, right. he finds the Zippo. He's like... <gasps> a sound yeah. that is not made for the rest of the movie. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. There, Captivating. There was the sex scene. Um... Wait, I made those sounds during the sex scene. That's mm, right. I yeah. always get confused. It was very uncomfortable, nice. but yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, well, you know, I had to hit that high score. Don't yeah. watch it if you can't keep pace with K-Cost. Um, huh. Yeah, my male gaze <laughs> moment is, uh, It's I gotta just agree with Vanessa. Same question, same answer. It's the kid getting the mail, or giving the mail to Kevin Costner mm-hmm. on the horse. It's just, I've never, like, just the absolute glorification of something of so nothing. unbelievably <laughs> mundane like and just make it's like it's like doing like a teeth brushing montage where i'm like crying through like putting the putting the like the the paste on the brush like running it over the sink while my hands shake and bravely raising the brush towards my mouth as and then like, hans zimmer score just goes yeah, like, into a big swell yeah. <laughs> As you yeah. go left to right across your molars, that's just so, that's so good. Silly man, it's so silly. Uh, favorite lines? What do we got, gang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I've got a, I've got a couple of them. Go I, ahead. I didn't yeah. mind before we watched the movie. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. I believe in the United States of America. Um, and it's partially because we looked up a drinking gang game for this where the only item on it was finish your drink if Kevin Costner believes in the United States of America. <laughs> it takes a while. He gives us a few false starts. But when he 
believes, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a couple of runner-ups, runners up. Uh, it's a piece of paper that says postage due. <laughs> Fucking zing, baby. That's badass. Um, another one being Kevin Costner yelling at his pregnant now girlfriend after a uh, 72 hour or three month long winter. <laughs> You're really weird. You know that? Christ. Fucking. He says it like multiple incredible. times too. They try to not... make it a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> He tries to make it happen. It does not. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my favorite line is a shitty Die Hard sequel where he's explaining the meaning of a line from Shakespeare. It means live free or die, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Rejected yeah. titles for the fourth installment in the Bruce Willis franchise. Yeah. Live free or die, I think. <laughs> die Hard, We're Not Even Trying even Anymore was also a, a possible title. Die Hardly die, Trying. It was right there, buddy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Greg, what's your Critiker score, brother? Oh, I haven't done... Oh, Vanessa. shit, I'm yeah, so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I, that was the male gaze. I was so focused yeah. on, on male. Um, <laughs> so was Kevin Costner. Yeah, so my, my runner-up is actually a quote from Ariel... As she cried during that scene. This was awesome. Friend, friend of the show, Ariel, was literal tears in her eyes because of the stirring music. Goes, I want to believe in the postman. Um, oh, was, I was thinking of a different scene where Ariel cried because it was the prettiest donkey. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, she, it, he was, Bill was the prettiest donkey. He it must was have really, been a wreck. She was very sad. I had, I had to spoil it for her a little bit because she was like, is he going to die? Do I need to prepare myself? And I was like, I think you should go ahead and prepare yourself, Ariel. Um, yeah. Um, but no, but my, my actual favorite line comes from the very, very beginning when they round up all the men from that one town where uh, he's just doing his Shakespeare plays, and uh, or no, it's it's right right when they get to the um, the wholeness camp. That's 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 what it is. So General Bethlehem is going down the line and asking people what they used to do, and this man goes, "I had a shovel, I dig holes." <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's what his job was in his town. I had a shovel. I dig holes. Which inspired he, the book and movie holes, I'm sure. Dig it out, 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 oh, dig it. Um oh it's so good. My like, name is Stanley Yelnick. <laughs> uh, yep. And then he says something inspiring, like, well, now you will dig for the lives of men or something like that. Like, you'll dig for the, like, righteousness of the eight. really tries to put a positive, heroic spin on it. Oh, man. He does. I thought you were going to say something way cooler than that. Blew my whole speech. Really hoping that I didn't have to dig more holes, man. Just dig your way to... Fuck, I don't know, man. What the hell? Grab a shovel. Grab a shovel. We got we shovels. We're fuck in a it. quarry. All right, you know what? Kill this one. Actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, like fuck this. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are like a couple other times where, again, like Will Paxton, whatever his name, I don't know. Will Paxton. Gen- General Beth- Bethlehem just gave some like good lines and like really acted during the, like especially when they they have all the the kids lined up and he's like, "Children, you bring me children." 
I want a man. And it's just the way that he delivers it. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, these are children. You do want a man. Like, uh, it's Critiker Critiker scores. Critiker time. Uh, Greg, what you got for Critiker and Vanessa? um, I don't know if you have a rating system, but. When you and I watched it for the first time, I gave it a nine out of 40. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I wanted to give a little bit more credit to Will Patton, to the set design. There was a lot more going on in terms of positives than I initially gave it credit for. So I gave this one an 11 out of 40. A 9-11, so to speak? You could say that. We see it every week. <laughs> find a way to work in 9-11. Find a way to work in 9-11. Magical Adventures. Best Friends Forever. One, two, three, one, two, three. Every week we do this. That's crazy. That was the cheer that they did before they did 9-11. Yeah, it's wild. Everyone put their hands in and they said, ready, break. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and edit that out. Talk. Okay, um... <laughs> I gave this movie a 9 out of 11. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I, I, I uh, was not so kind as Greg. I actually, I guess I hadn't watched it since I started rating movies, which was, I think, 2017. It wasn't It wasn't on there. Um, so I gave it a 7 out of 50. Because Holy shit. I am going to uh, be way harsher on a movie that turned 80 million dollars into something like this than something that turned a much smaller amount of money into something like this um i i can't even give credit for the sets which while they were fantastic i'm like yeah for that kind of money i fucking hope so I, i hope they did one thing fucking right the one thing that didn't entirely depend on kevin costner having his fingerprints all over it apparently um so yeah, no no love for the positives, honestly. They don't go nearly as far with me as I do with y'all. Um, this is an incoherent mess where characters who have died reappear and I cannot figure out what the fuck is going on or how long time has passed or what any of it all amounts to. And then they just give me like a Pledge of Allegiance sermon. You know, like it's mm-hmm. like... Oh my I, God. This is uh, like... Without a doubt, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, and it's down in the territory with like Neil Breen stuff. Um, yeah. It is so unbelievably, remarkably um, asinine and stupid, and full of like failed propaganda and earnest. It's so fucking earnest in all of its efforts. That it's so sincere. Yeah. yeah. To what end? Yeah. Well, if, if I were to rate it, it can only be on one scale, and it's eagles on the flags in front of the post office, and I would give it one and a half eagle flags in front of the post office. <laughs> Out of? <laughs> Out of a hundred eagle flags that could be inside of the post office. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, uh, Denny, Vanessa, what is the best movie for when it's the 4th of July weekend? Oh, no doubt in my mind it's The Postman. I've been trying to make this happen for years. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and I have been very on board with that. 
I'm glad you guys are real Americans. I really appreciate yeah. that. What's your pick, Greg? Uh, obviously, it's the postman. Hello, duh, thanks, bye. <laughs> next topic. <laughs> Speaking of next topic, Denny, what are, what are we doing next week? Do you know? Wait. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. We know. We talked about it, right? That no, thing we've been talking this. about? Yeah. We do this every week. We Gosh, <laughs> what's the next week? <laughs> um, next week, we thought, you know... The male gaze, M-A-I-L, has really made us feel alienated. So Greg and I are going to finally do something really niche and cover movies from the male gaze, M-A-L-E. Mm. Um, but kind of. may- maybe not necessarily. Uh, next week is Movies for When Dudes Rock. Um, a-, a Dudes Rock movie, Hell the yeah. definition here is um, there's two men supporting each other, showing camaraderie, without veering toxic in their masculinity and they are successful at things um they win they win a lot they accomplish stuff sounds like top gun to me top gun (sighs) one top gun two oh top gun may just be a dude's rock movie i don't know that it's not toxic though that that might not fit your criteria (laughs) that is a dude's kiss movie um yeah dude's rock hard movie love it so that's yeah, why, that's why it rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, what's your pick for next week? Tell the people. My pick for next week: movies for when dudes rock is "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood," Woo! a film yeah. by Quentin Tarantino, where dudes, in fact, rock. Rock. They do rock. Um, I'm gonna go with Ocean's Eleven. A uh, friend of the show, Andrew Willis, Fuck who yes. never listens to this. Um, always purports it as the ultimate dudes rock movie and i haven't seen it in a long time and i also picked it because i feel like it's most people's go-to for a dudes rock and i want to give the audience something interesting to work with on the poll you know i'm like i'll I'll take i'll take the obvious options so we can we don't have it like dominating the poll too you know so um yeah yeah and my pick is Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. Oh, shit. The ultimate, it's dudes rocking. Two dudes rocking out, not being toxic. <laughs> Hold up. Aww. That's going on the poll for sure. Um, no doubt about it. This isn't the best podcast in the world. It's just tribute. Dun, dun. Wish you were there. It's a tribute to we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, right. So it is going to be a poll for next week, or are we going... I, I like I like the idea of a poll. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, cool. I feel I like, like I think we should give the people voices. They're you know, but only the someone men. has to. No, the women can vote. Women can celebrate the dudes rock. <laughs> dudes rock. Chicks dudes rock. Dude I don't, rock. I don't know if you're caught up with American amendments, Vanessa, but women can vote now. For now, you're right. For yeah. now, women, women can now. vote now. So enjoy it while you yeah. can. Get it while That's it's why on. we're giving you a poll. It's one of the few things you can still do, so just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to bed. Well, the first thing we got to do, we got to honor the nation. We got to put this episode to bed. Mm. Denny, I pledge allegiance to the catchphrase. Of the United States of Movies for One. Mm, Alright, here we go. For Greg Work, the Stars and Stripes Johnson, and for Vanessa, 
the expensive fireworks display tailor. I'm Denny, the mule draped in an American flag tailor, and this has been Movies for When. We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell ya. What's my cage again? I'm a postman. See my hat? <laughs> Stay home.